0: Chapter 11. Now I, Nephi, do speak somewhat concerning the words which I have written, which have been spoken by the mouth of Isaiah. For behold, Isaiah spake many things which were hard for many of my people to understand, for they know not concerning the manner of prophesying among the Jews. For I, Nephi, have not taught them many things concerning the manner of the Jews, for their works were works of darkness, and their doings were doings of abominations. Wherefore I write unto my people, and to all they that shall receive hereafter these things which I write, that they may know the judgments of God, that they come upon all nations according to the word which he hath spoken." Wherefore hearken, O my people which are of the house of Israel, and give ear unto my words, for because that the words of Isaiah are not plain unto you, nevertheless they are plain unto all they that are filled with the spirit of prophecy. But I give unto you a prophecy according to the spirit which is in me, wherefore I shall prophesy according to the plainness which hath been with me from the time that I came out from Jerusalem with my father." For behold, my soul delighteth in plainness unto my people, that they may learn. Yea, and my soul delighteth in the words of Isaiah. For I came out from Jerusalem, and mine eyes hath beheld the things of the Jews. And I know that the Jews do understand the things of the prophets. And there is none other people that understand the things which were spoken unto the Jews like unto them, save it be that they are taught after the manner of the things of the Jews. But behold, I Nephi have not taught my children after the manner of the Jews. But behold, I Nephi have not taught my children after the manner of the Jews. But behold, I of myself have dwelt at Jerusalem, wherefore I know concerning the regions round about. And I have made mention unto my children concerning the judgments of God, which hath come to pass among the Jews, unto my children, according to all that which Isaiah hath spoken, and I do not write them. But behold, I proceed with mine own prophecy, according to my plainness, in the which I know that no man can err. Nevertheless, in the days that the prophecies of Isaiah shall be fulfilled, men shall know of a surety at the times when they shall come to pass. Wherefore they are of worth unto the children of men, and he that supposeth that they are not, unto them will I speak particularly, and confine the words unto mine own people." For I know that they shall be of great worth unto them in the last days, for in that day shall they understand them, wherefore for their good have I written them. And as one generation hath been destroyed among the Jews because of iniquity, even so have they been destroyed from generation to generation according to their iniquities. And never hath any of them been destroyed, save it were foretold them by the prophets of the Lord." Wherefore it hath been told them concerning the destruction which should come upon them immediately after my father left Jerusalem. Nevertheless they hardened their hearts, and according to my prophecy they have been destroyed, save it be those which are carried away captive into Babylon. And now this I speak because of the Spirit which is in me, and notwithstanding that they have been carried away, they shall return again and possess the land of Jerusalem, wherefore they shall be restored again to the lands of their inheritance. But behold, they shall have wars, and rumors of wars, and when the day cometh that the only begotten of the Father, yea, even the Father of heaven and of earth, shall manifest himself unto them in the flesh, behold, they will reject him because of their iniquities, and the hardness of their hearts, and the stiffness of their necks. Behold, they will crucify him, and after that he is laid in a sepulcher for the space of three days, he shall rise from the dead, with healing in his wings, and all they that shall believe on his name shall be saved in the kingdom of God. Wherefore my soul delighteth to prophesy concerning him, for I have seen his day, and my heart doth magnify his holy name. And behold, it shall come to pass that after the Messiah hath risen from the dead and hath manifested himself unto his people, unto as many as will believe on his name, behold, Jerusalem shall be destroyed again. For woe unto them that fight against God and the people of his church wherefore the Jews shall be scattered among all nations, yea, and also Babylon shall be destroyed, wherefore the Jews shall be scattered by other nations. And after that they have been scattered, and the Lord God hath scourged them by other nations for the space of many generations, yea, even down from generation to generation, until they shall be persuaded to believe in Christ, the Son of God, and the Atonement, which is infinite for all mankind. And when that day shall come, that they shall believe in Christ, and worship the Father in His name with pure hearts and clean hands, and look not forward any more for another Messiah, then at that time the day will come that it must needs be expedient that they should believe these things. And the Lord will set His hand again the second time to restore His people from their lost and fallen state. Wherefore He will proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder among the children of men. Wherefore he shall bring forth his words unto them, which words shall judge them at the last day. For they shall be given them for the purpose of convincing them of the true Messiah, who was rejected by them, and unto the convincing of them that they need not look forward any more for a Messiah to come. For there should not any come, save it should be a false Messiah, which should deceive the people." For there is save one Messiah spoken of by the prophets, and that Messiah is he who should be rejected of the Jews. For according to the words of the prophets, the Messiah cometh in six hundred years from the time that my father left Jerusalem. And according to the words of the prophets, and also the word of the angel of God, his name shall be Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And now, my brethren, I have spoken plain that ye cannot err. And as the Lord God liveth, that brought Israel up out of the land of Egypt, and gave unto Moses power that he should heal the nations, after that they had been bitten by the poisonous serpents, if they would cast their eyes unto the serpent which he did raise up before them, and also give him power that he should smite the rock, and the water should come forth. Yea, behold, I say unto you, that as these things are true, and as the Lord God liveth, There is none other name given under heaven, save it be this Jesus Christ of which I have spoken, whereby man can be saved. Wherefore for this cause hath the Lord God promised unto me that these things which I write shall be kept and preserved, and handed down unto my seed from generation to generation, that the promise may be fulfilled unto Joseph, that his seed should never perish as long as the earth should stand." Wherefore these things shall go from generation to generation as long as the earth shall stand, and they shall go according to the will and pleasure of God. And the nations which shall possess them shall be judged of them according to the words which are written. For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all that we can do. And notwithstanding we believe in Christ, we keep the law of Moses and look forward with steadfastness unto Christ until the law shall be fulfilled. For for this end was the law given. Wherefore the law hath become dead unto us, and we are made alive in Christ because of our faith. Yet we keep the law because of the commandments. And we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies, that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. Wherefore we speak concerning the law, that our children may know the deadness of the law, and they, by knowing the deadness of the law, may look forward unto that life which is in Christ, and know for what end the law was given. And after that the law is fulfilled in Christ, that they need not harden their hearts against Him, when the law had ought to be done away. And now, behold, my people, ye are a stiff-necked people. Wherefore I have spoken plain unto you that ye cannot misunderstand. And the words which I have spoken shall stand as a testimony against you, for they are sufficient to teach any man the right way. For the right way is to believe in Christ, and deny Him not, For by denying him, ye also deny the prophets and the law. And now behold, I say unto you, that the right way is to believe in Christ, and deny him not, and Christ is the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore ye must bow down before him, and worship him with all your might, mind, and strength, and your whole soul, and if ye do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. And inasmuch as it shall be expedient, ye must keep the performances and ordinances of God until the law shall be fulfilled which was given unto Moses. And after that Christ shall have risen from the dead, he shall show himself unto you, my children and my beloved brethren. And the words which he shall speak unto you shall be the law which ye shall do. For behold, I say unto you, that I have beheld that many generations shall pass away, and there shall be great wars and contentions among my people. And after that the Messiah shall come, there shall be signs given unto my people of his birth, and also of his death and resurrection. And great and terrible shall that day be unto the wicked, for they shall perish. And they perish because they cast out the prophets and the saints and stoned them and slay them. Wherefore the cry of the blood of the saints shall ascend up to God from the ground against them. Wherefore all they that are proud, and that do wickedly, the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, for they shall be as stubble. And they that kill the prophets and the saints, the depths of the earth shall swallow them up, saith the Lord of hosts, And mountains shall cover them, and whirlwinds shall carry them away, and buildings shall fall upon them, and crush them to pieces, and grind them to powder. And they shall be visited with thunderings, and lightnings, and earthquakes, and all manner of destructions. For the fire of the anger of the Lord shall be kindled against them, and they shall be as stubble, and the day that cometh shall consume them, saith the Lord of hosts." O the pain and the anguish of my soul for the loss of the slain of my people! For I, Nephi, hath seen it, and it well nigh consumeth me before the presence of the Lord, but I must cry unto my God, Thy ways are just. But behold the righteous, that hearken unto the words of the prophets." and destroy them not, but look forward unto Christ with steadfastness for the signs which are given, notwithstanding all persecutions, behold, they are they which shall not perish. But the Son of Righteousness shall appear unto them, and He shall heal them, and they shall have peace with Him, until three generations shall have passed away, and many of the fourth generation shall have passed away in righteousness. And when these things shall have passed away, a speedy destruction cometh unto my people, for notwithstanding the pains of my soul I have seen it, wherefore I know that it shall come to pass. And they sell themselves for naught, for for the reward of their pride and their foolishness they shall reap destruction. For because they yield unto the devil and choose works of darkness rather than light, therefore they must go down to hell for the Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. And when the Spirit ceaseth to strive with man, then cometh speedy destruction, and this grieveth my soul. And as I spake concerning the convincing of the Jews that Jesus is the very Christ, it must needs be that the Gentiles be convinced also that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, and that he manifesteth himself unto all they that believe in him by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yea, unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, working mighty miracles, signs, and wonders among the children of men according to their faith. But behold, I prophesy unto you concerning the last days, concerning the days when the Lord God shall bring these things forth unto the children of men, after that my seed and the seed of my brethren shall have dwindled in unbelief, and shall have been smitten by the Gentiles." Yea, after that the Lord shall have camped against them round about, and shall have laid siege against them with a mount, and raised forts against them. And after that they shall have been brought down low in the dust, even that they are not, yet the words of the righteous shall be written, and the words of the faithful shall be heard, and all they which have dwindled in unbelief shall not be forgotten." For they which shall be destroyed shall speak unto them out of the ground, and their speech shall be low out of the dust, and their voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit. For the Lord God will give unto him power, that he may whisper concerning them, even as it were out of the ground, and their speech shall whisper out of the dust. For thus saith the Lord God, they shall write the things which shall be done among them. And they shall be written and sealed up in a book, and they that have dwindled in unbelief shall not have them, for they seek to destroy the things of God. Wherefore, as they which have been destroyed have been destroyed speedily, and the multitude of their terrible ones shall be as chaff that passeth away. Yea, thus saith the Lord God, it shall be at an instant suddenly, and it shall come to pass, that they which have dwindled in unbelief shall be smitten by the hand of the Gentiles." And the Gentiles are lifted up in the pride of their eyes, and have stumbled, because of the greatness of their stumbling block, that they have built up many churches. Nevertheless they put down the power and miracles of God, and preach up unto themselves their own wisdom, and their own learning, that they may get gain and grind upon the face of the poor. And there are many churches built up which cause envyings and strifes and malice, And there are also secret combinations, even as in times of old, according to the combinations of the devil, for he is the founder of all these things, yea, the founder of murder and works of darkness. Yea, and he leadeth them by the neck with a flaxen cord, until he bindeth them with his strong cords forever. For behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. He doeth not anything save it be for the benefit of the world, for he loveth the world, even that he layeth down his own life, that he may draw all men unto him. Wherefore he commandeth none that they shall not partake of his salvation. Behold, doth he cry unto any, saying, Depart from me? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he saith, Come unto me, all ye ends of the earth, buy milk and honey without money and without price. Behold, hath he commanded any that they should depart out of the synagogues or out of the houses of worship? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, hath he commanded any that they should not partake of his salvation? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he hath given it free for all men and he hath commanded his people that they should persuade all men unto repentance. Behold, hath the Lord commanded any that they should not partake of his goodness. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but all men are privileged, the one like unto the other, and none are forbidden. He commandeth that there shall be no priestcrafts, For behold, priestcrafts are that men preach and set themselves up for a light unto the world, that they may get gain and praise of the world, but they seek not the welfare of Zion. Behold, the Lord hath forbidden this thing, wherefore the Lord God hath given a commandment that all men should have charity, which charity is love. And except they should have charity, they were nothing. Wherefore, if they should have charity, they would not suffer the laborer in Zion to perish. But the laborer in Zion shall labor for Zion, for if they labor for money, they shall perish." And again the Lord God hath commanded that men should not murder, that they should not lie, that they should not steal, that they should not take the name of the Lord their God in vain, that they should not envy, that they should not have malice, that they should not contend one with another, that they should not commit whoredoms, and that they should do none of these things. For whoso doeth them shall perish, for none of these iniquities come of the Lord. For he doeth that which is good among the children of men, and he doeth nothing save it be plain unto the children of men. And he inviteth them all to come unto him and partake of his goodness. And he denieth none that come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. And he remembereth the heathen, and all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. But behold, in the last days, or in the days of the Gentiles, yea, behold, all the nations of the Gentiles, and also the Jews, both they which shall come upon this land, and they which shall be upon other lands, yea, even upon all the lands of the earth, behold, they will be drunken with iniquity, and all manner of abominations. And when that day shall come, they shall be visited of the Lord of hosts, with thunder, with earthquake and with a great noise and with storm and tempest and with the flame of devouring fire. And all the nations that fight against Zion and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. Yea, it shall be unto them even as unto a hungry man which dreameth and behold he eateth, but he awaketh and his soul is empty. Or like unto a thirsty man which dreameth and behold he drinketh, but he awaketh And behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. Yea, even so shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. For behold, all ye that do iniquity, stay yourselves and wonder. For ye shall cry out and cry. Yea, ye shall be drunken, but not with wine. Ye shall stagger, but not with strong drink. For behold, the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. For behold, ye have closed your eyes, and ye have rejected the prophets and your rulers, and the seers hath he covered because of your iniquities. And it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall bring forth unto you the words of a book, and they shall be the words of them which have slumbered. And behold, the book shall be sealed, and in the book shall be a revelation from God from the beginning of the world to the ending thereof. Wherefore, because of the things which are sealed up, the things which are sealed shall not be delivered in the day of the wickedness and abominations of the people. Wherefore, the book shall be kept from them. But the book shall be delivered unto a man, and he shall deliver the words of the book which are the words of they which have slumbered in the dust, and he shall deliver these words unto another, but the words which are sealed he shall not deliver, neither shall he deliver the book. For the book shall be sealed by the power of God, and the revelation which was sealed shall be kept in the book until the own due time of the Lord that they may come forth. For behold, they reveal all things from the foundation of the world unto the end thereof. And the day cometh that the words of the book which were sealed shall be read upon the housetops, and they shall be read by the power of Christ. And all things shall be revealed unto the children of men which ever hath been among the children of men, and which ever will be, even unto the end of the earth. Wherefore at that day when the book shall be delivered unto the man of whom I have spoken, the book shall be hid from the eyes of the world, that the eyes of none shall behold it, save it be that three witnesses shall behold it, by the power of God, besides him to whom the book shall be delivered, and they shall testify to the truth of the book and the things therein. And there is none other which shall view it, save it be a few, according to the will of God, to bear testimony of his word unto the children of men, for the Lord God hath said that the words of the faithful should speak as if it were from the dead. Wherefore the Lord God will proceed to bring forth the words of the book, and in the mouth of as many witnesses as seemeth him good will he establish his word, and woe be unto him that rejecteth the word of God. But behold, it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall say unto him to whom he shall deliver the book, Take these words which are not sealed, and deliver them to another, that he may show them unto the learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And the learned shall say, Bring hither the book, and I will read them. And now because of the glory of the world, and to get gain will they say this, and not for the glory of God. And the man shall say, I cannot bring the book, for it is sealed. Then shall the learned say, I cannot read it. Wherefore it shall come to pass, that the Lord God will deliver again the book and the words thereof to him that is not learned, and the man that is not learned shall say, I am not learned. Then shall the Lord God say unto him, The learned shall not read them, for they have rejected them, and I am able to do mine own work, wherefore thou shalt read the words which I shall give unto thee. Touch not the things which are sealed, for I will bring them forth in mine own due time, for I will show unto the children of men that I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore, when thou hast read the words which I have commanded thee, and obtained the witnesses which I have promised unto thee, then shalt thou seal up the book again, and hide it up unto me, that I may preserve the words which thou hast not read, until I shall see fit in mine own wisdom to reveal all things unto the children of men. For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. And again it shall come to pass, that the Lord shall say unto him that shall read the words that shall be delivered him. Forasmuch as this people draw near unto me with their mouth, and with their lips do honour me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear towards me is taught by the precept of men, therefore I will proceed to do a marvellous work among this people. Yea, a marvellous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise and learned shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent shall be hid. And woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? And they also say, Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. But behold, I will show unto them, saith the Lord of hosts, that I know all their works. For shall the work say of him that made it, He made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, He hath no understanding?' But behold, saith the Lord of hosts, I will show unto the children of men that it is not yet a very little while, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness, and the meek also shall increase, and their joy shall be in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For assuredly, as the Lord liveth, they shall see that the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. And they that make a man an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught— Therefore thus saith the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale. But when he seeth his children, the work of my hands in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name, and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine."
1: Pressure all around me saying, Go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day. Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend. I'm finding it hard not to slip away. But then I hear you softly. Calling out my name, come unto me. Shall find rest unto your soul.
0: Okay, chapter 11. This has been a a while. I'm sorry it took so long. I'm just getting over a cold too, so you're going to hear me sniffing a lot. So, sorry that's going to happen. But I just uh, wanted to get something out while I had time. So, so for the last couple chapters, we've been talking about, and I've been alluding to the fact that it's okay. It's all this crazy stuff in Isaiah. It's hard to understand, but it's all right. Bear with me, because Nephi is going to explain it all. Nephi is going to quote Isaiah for a couple chapters, but when we get to chapter 11, everything will be fine once we get to chapter 11, and you'll understand, and he'll expound it all, and he'll make it all plain for us. And so I was kind of alluding or making you think that or or bringing us to the hope that that would happen. And so now we're going to get to my favorite verses of chapter 11, things that should be highlighted that I found are highlighted in, in the books that I've been uh, looking over You know, one of the things I'll say is that my father's Book of Mormon is in front of me, and I'm often going through it and reading his notes, and it's amazing that he's still teaching me. And I probably have said that before, but he is still teaching me, and that kind of is just amazing to me that, you know, especially with the theme of this chapter of of, uh, words coming back from those who sleep and, and all that. I just, I like that thought, and I appreciate having my father's old Book of Mormon here. So let's just move on. Uh, There's again. There's going to be a bunch to talk about. So I apologize. This is going to be a long, a long podcast, long overdue as well. So verse two, for behold, Isaiah spake many things, which were hard for many of my people to understand, for they know not concerning the manner of prophesying among the Jews. Well, yeah, and neither do we, and so it's hard to understand. And Nephi is telling us, you know, Isaiah is kind of hard to understand. Well, thanks. That helps a lot. <laughs> and so never, uh, let's go to verse five. Nevertheless, they are plain unto all they that are filled with the spirit of prophecy. So here you have the the caveat, the the qualifying statement. If you are filled with the spirit of prophecy, God reveals it to you. And so let's not be afraid of Isaiah, but let's not think that, we are going to understand it that if we don't understand it, we're a failure okay the the gift of prophecy and understanding these things is a gift from this from from God. It's a gift of, of being filled with the spirit of prophecy and not everybody has that gift. and so according to the Book of Mormon, this isn't always going to be something you understand. This isn't always going to be, something that that uh, is going to be plain to us. And we see in other parts of the Book of Mormon that it is plain, and the Lord speaks plainly, and the Book of Mormon speaks plainly. But these things about Isaiah, there's something to it that you need, and there's a requirement of the spirit of prophecy to be with you and in you. And I think there are men in our church who have that gift, and they kind of— Lean on us a little bit, show us the direction to be thinking, or or maybe they just flat out say, "Hey, this is what it means," and you know, believe what you want, but you know, the Spirit has revealed to me this is it. So it's up to us to uh, each individually to come to our own conclusions. But I don't think you should bemoan or or regress because you can't understand Isaiah. Okay, it flat out says, you know, Nephi tells us. It's hard to understand, and unless the spirit of prophecy is in you, you're not going to. So, having said that, that was verses two and five. Let's move on to what what Nephi does explain and what he has gleaned through the spirit of prophecy concerning some of these other verses in Isaiah, and he says that these are prophecies that I feel, verse 6, but I give unto you a prophecy according to the Spirit which is in me. So we're going to hear his prophecies, the words of, of Nephi now. And I want to skip to verse 12. These are, and I'm again, I'm jumping around, I'm picking my favorite verses or things that are noteworthy, Or, and there are a lot of them. Um, verse 12, Nevertheless, in the days that the prophecies of Isaiah shall be fulfilled, men shall know of a surety at the times when they shall come to pass wherefore they are of worth unto the children of men. And he that supposeth that they are not unto them, will I speak particularly and confine the words unto mine own people. Whoa, that is, that is really neat. So, so in this two verses here, he's revealing to us that, you know, not all the world is going to get it. And the ones who don't, who, who, who decide that this is of no worth, you know, who don't see that they are of worth, unto them will I speak particularly and confine the words unto mine own people, the people of the church of Christ, the people who, who these prophets or, or these ministers who have that spirit of prophecy, or, or I don't even know if they're ministers. It could be anybody it's filled with the spirit of prophecy, but they reveal it to his people, and he will confine the words unto mine own people, uh, he being uh, Christ. I really like that. So before we are saying, well, we don't have to understand it. We're, you don't feel guilty if you don't understand it. Here is the promise that his people will know it. You will know of a surety when they come to pass and his people will know and he will confine the words unto only them. I will confine the words unto my own people. I don't want to limit it, but but it sure sounds that way that we will know understanding. Other people might have understanding too. But when he says, I will speak particularly, uh, you know, it kind of has means I will have strong words or I will I will only take particular things for the people who don't look at Isaiah of being of worth. You know, when you look at the commentaries of the Bible and that are out there, many of them, they get to Isaiah 29. And what do they say? You know, you you just have to laugh unless, you know, the Book of Mormon, you ha- you don't have a clue what Isaiah 29 is talking about. You can give your best guess, but unless you know what the Book of Mormon is in the story, everyone out there who does a commentary on the Book of Mormon, every Bible out there who does a commentary on it, they're, they're wrong. It speaks about the Book of Mormon. It is clear, it is plain. And the story is just too precise to not be the Book of Mormon. I'm talking too much on one verse. Verse 14, For I know that they shall be of great worth unto them in the last days, for in that day shall they understand them. Wherefore, for their good have I written them, the, these verses of Isaiah, they are for us in the last days. And what a great verse, or, or chapter 29, again, they are of great worth to us. It proves, the Bible proves the Book of Mormon. It is the evidence you need to, to confirm it, that the Bible testifies of the Book of Mormon. And it is of great worth unto us. And there's probably more that's going to come out, but I, I always look to Isaiah twenty nine when I read this, let's jump to um, verse twenty four. It references that Jerusalem will be destroyed. Um, when will Jerusalem be destroyed? I'm going to tell you the answer in three year, you know, three seconds, two seconds, one second. If you don't know, it was seventy A.D. and that's one of those time stamps that that history points to and that the book of mormon and the, the it's one of those times that they measure time from you know the death of christ and it is around 0 and you know plus or minus you know, they don't exactly have that nail but they know when a jerusalem fell at 70 AD uh that's just a a bullet point that should always be in the back of your mind uh, verse 25 the jews shall be scattered by other nations and rolling into 26 through 29 And after that they have been scattered and the Lord God hath scourged them by other nations. And then I'm gonna jump uh, for the space of many generations, yea, even down from generation to generation until they shall be persuaded to believe in Christ, the son of God and the atonement, which is infinite for all mankind. And when that day shall come, that they shall believe in Christ and worship the father in his name with pure hearts and clean hands and lot and not look and look not forward any more for another Messiah. Then at that time, and then really highlight underline whatever the day will come that it must needs be expedient that they should believe these things. And the Lord will set his hand again the second time to restore his people from their lost and fallen state wherefore he will proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder among the children of men. So I like that whole section. We're, we we got a whole bit of bunch of history played out for us. The Jews will be scattered by their nations, they'll be scourged by the power of God, the Jews will be scourged until they begin to believe in Christ, and then they'll be brought back from their dispersion and they will be gathered in the second time. And it kind of hints at 29 this marvelous work and a wonder and it's the book of mormon that's coming forth that's the beginning of it that's the beginning of his reaching out to his people verse 34 for there is save one messiah spoken of by the prophets and that messiah is he which should be rejected of the jews kind of ties in that thought and it's a very succinct and state uh, statement by the book of mormon and it condemns the idea of judaism of of you know <laughs> The, the, the Jews who rejected their savior, you know, there was only one Messiah and it's this guy and it's the ones that the Jews rejected. 39. There is none other name given under heaven save it be this Jesus Christ of which I have spoken whereby man can be saved. I really like that verse. It's one of those uh, bumper stickers or uh, it's too big for a bumper sticker, but a good memory verse. It's one of the things I struggle with is that or or some churches even preach this that here's your sin if you do this you'll be forgiven or i have guilt in my life in my heart what if i do this i'm going to self punish right i'm going to i'm going to do this penance and i will feel better about my, myself you know maybe you will but that didn't forgive you of your sin and if you institute or or put it upon yourself to Donate to a charity, or or do something to get rid of your guilt. Any act, or or aside from an act of, of your heart that that's burning inside of you, that calls out to Christ for forgiveness, anything else that you do, that you think that makes you feel better about yourselves, it's for nothing. And you are anti Christ if you do that. You are taking the the sacrifice that Jesus made. It is Him. It is His name. There's nothing else but Him, and and the Son of God that will take away your sins. And we're about to read in verse forty-four. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved. After all, we can do. There's a lot of things we're going to try to do. We're going to try to live righteously. We're gonna. We're gonna. All of us are going to fail. All of sin and fall short, right? But the things that we do to try to relieve this guilt or to try to take an action upon ourselves to absolve us of the things we've done wrong. You know, you can, you can live penitently and there is a, a humility involved and there's a guilt that is placed on your heart for a purpose and it's how you know the Spirit of God is working with you. But don't pretend for a second that anything you do could take away your sin. Anything you do that makes you feel better, you know, people who live like that are, or who are, who are doing good things for, and charitable things for the community you know, that's not absolving them of the things they do wrong, um, and the it's it's a I'm really going off on this, but the thing that I want to say is that it is anti Christ when you think such things, and that should should send chills down your spine that your behavior is that way. Look to Jesus Christ, look to Jesus Christ for all of your sins to be forgiven, and that's the only source of it. Um, so let's move on. Verse 40. These things which I write shall be kept and preserved and handed down unto my seed from generation to generation, that the promise may be fulfilled unto Joseph, that his seed should never perish as long as the earth should stand. There's this promise that the seed of Joseph, you know, they won't be completely destroyed. And it's referring back to that again. This promise and this these writings will be preserved. That's the part that I guess I want to focus on, that the writings of that we're, we're reading now that Nephi has had wrote and he's written. If you go back and, and into the, the words of Nephi right now, he's it's these very things that we're reading and they were preserved. Verse 42 and the nations which shall possess them shall be judged of them according to the words which are written. So the nations which shall possess them, the, the writings is them there. That's the pronoun, the book of Mormon, the, the writings of, uh, all these prophets uh, uh from from nephi to moroni you're going to be judged according to the words that are written in the book of mormon you know it's a little bit bigger than the new testament uh, well it's it's quite a bit bigger but but the the new testament and the book of mormon they're good uh what am I trying to say? They're standards. The New Testament is the standard for the Church of Christ and and religion everywhere. The Book of Mormon is adding is another witness to that and it's about the same size and it tells you these two are what you're going to be judged of. Everybody who's holding this Book of Mormon, you're going to be judged out of the words that are written in it. I already said verse 44. I'm not going to read it all, but 45 through 54. If you ever want to know or an understanding of why God Uh, instituted the law of Moses. This is the explanation why this, the people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, I shouldn't say Jewish, the Israelites were a stiff necked people. And this was all for them to see and to institute these performance, these, uh, these uh, performances and and these uh, sacrifices and and all of the law of Moses was there for one reason. And one reason only in in my opinion, uh, and it's to look for Christ and verse 48 sums it up. These people understood the law of Moses and they kept the law of Moses. And the reason they kept the law of Moses is because of this reason. We talk of Christ. We rejoice in Christ. We preach of Christ. We prophesy of Christ. And we write according to our prophecies prophecies, that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. And so the whole of the law of Moses is to remember and honor the sacrifice that Christ is going to make. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 76. For because they yield unto the devil and choose works of darkness rather than light, therefore they must go down to hell. And the part I have highlighted is here. For the Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. And when the Spirit ceases to strive with man, then cometh speedy destruction, and this grieveth my soul. There comes a point when enough is enough, when you are ripened in iniquity, when the spirit of Lord of the Lord will, will have no part in you. That is a scary thought, um, but it is the truth. Verse 91, Nevertheless, they put down the power and miracles of God and preach up unto themselves their own wisdom and their own learning that they may get gain and grind upon the face of the poor. This, this sentiment of the churches of, of the last days, and, and there's a lot to this reading. I'm just picking one verse out that this is what the church, the world is gonna look like. This is what the churches of the world is gonna look like. Um, you can start with verses 89 and go through to 95 to, to capture it all. Also, if you want to know more about the churches and, and churches set up to get gain, you can turn, I'm gonna to turn to page. Okay, so I also wanna add verse 106. He commanded that there shall be no priestcrafts, for behold, priestcrafts are that men preach and set themselves up for light unto the world that they may get gain and praise of the world, but they seek not the welfare of Zion. And you could turn to Alma chapter one for that. You can turn to John 10, 12 um, in the Bible that shows the hireling who leaves the sheep because he's not in it for, he's in it for the money. He's not in it for the benefit of the sheep and the flock. And then there's a, uh, on page 707, there's a verse I like. It says uh, on verse 33, the end of it, for out of the earth shall they come by the hand of the lord and none can stay it. it is talking about this record and the record if we go back to verse 18 well it's going to come out um let's see for he truly saith that no one shall have them to get gain the records that are going to come that are um, uh, from from uh, joseph smith in that that record there, there's also I would, I would add that and we're going to talk about this in a little bit but there's the the sealed portion as part of that. And anybody who has the sealed portion and is using it to get gain, that is not of the church of Christ. That is not of Christ's way. So more on that later. But I like those verses there that talk about churches that get gain. Um, verse 94, so we're going to back up. 94, He Yea, and he leadeth them by the neck with a flaxen cord until he bindeth them with his strong cords forever. You know, flax is it's actually pretty strong uh, you know that's thin but the what makes it a good they use it the and the what makes it flax and of flax and cord and why it's a reference is because it is kind of strong but it's thin and you can weave it and make linen and linen is kind of breathable but but flax in itself the reason why they chose it is because it is a, it has some strength to it uh, but it is thin so it is breakable but when i hear this verse everybody says oh he binds you with a few flaxen cords it doesn't take much it doesn't take much flaxen cords to become strong and there's a reason why they chose flax for that purpose it is pretty strong so don't be uh fooled by the fact that there's only a few flaxen cords around you they they are hard to break he until he's so he gets you with a few with a flaxen cord until he bindeth them with his strong cords forever. So it's everybody knows that verse, everybody knows the story behind it. That he gets you with little cords until it's hard to break. And then verse 95, the last part of it the Lord God worketh not in darkness. There's your bumper sticker verse for this chapter. Uh, just take the second half, the Lord God worketh not in darkness, and it says volumes. And verse 96, he doeth not anything save it be for the benefit of the world for he loveth the world even that he layeth down his own life that he may draw all men unto him i like that verse all by itself too he doeth not anything save it be for the benefit of the world for he loveth the world and so if this is the picture you need to have of jesus christ this is the picture that you know when you're trying to understand christianity when you're trying to understand the message when trying to understand the gospel of Christ, this is it in my mind. He doeth not anything, save it be, for the benefit of the world. And he's he's gave his life for, for everybody, for everyone, and he that he may draw all men unto him. In verse 103, I'll read the verse, and there's only one word I have highlighted, and I'll see if you guys can guess it. Verse 103, Behold, I say unto you, Nay, but he hath given it free for all men. And he hath commanded his people that they should persuade all men unto repentance. So give you a little bit, see if you can guess which word it is I highlighted. And I'm going to turn to First Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. The elders which are among you, this is First Peter 5, 1 through 5. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the, and samples to the flock. I said examples. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. And so the word I highlighted was the word persuade. It's not a very strong, you know, he doesn't say force all men unto repentance. He doesn't say condemn all men that, that will not, you know, repent. He says, just persuade them. And I like the way that that word, that verse is, is there, and that that choice of that word. It's not overbearing. It's not forceful. And the way that in First Peter he described it, be examples, you know, be be mentors to to the the men and the people and to the flock. And it tells them. I don't know. I just like the reference, and I like that word there. It's a it's a lesson. Verse one oh six. He commandeth that there shall be no... Pro- oh, we, we did that one already. i skipped skip that. We, we know we know good and well that we don't uh, preach for money in the church of Christ. The the ministers all labor. So here here it is again verse 109. But the laborer in Zion shall labor for Zion. For if they labor for money, they shall perish. Uh, and then on page 413, there's just so many examples here of why and how we do this. And it's not about money. And as a verse... Uh, Page 413, this is chapter 16 of the book of Alma. Alma does not like people who, uh, who uh, preach for money. And notwithstanding the many labors which I have performed in the church, I have never received so much as even one senine for my labor. Uh, neither has any of my brethren, save it were in the judgment seat. And then we have received only according to law for our time. He's talking about when they were uh, performing their job as judges. When you're doing your job, you get paid for it. But when you're doing your job as a minister, you don't receive money for that for that labor. And verse 42. And now, if we do not receive anything for our labors in the church, what doth it profit us to labor in the church? Save it were to declare the truth, that we may have rejoicings in the joy of our brethren. So again, we don't we don't pay our ministers. All of our ministers are encouraged to have their own jobs, their own uh, income. Uh, verse 110 is the exodus chapter 20 the 10 commandments i also have in verse 112 i don't really have it highlighted but i have a a note so and he doeth nothing save it be plain unto the children of men and so if it's plain it's it's instructional right and so the note is and this was in my father's book of mormon let the spirit of god teach you and that's that's how it's going to have to happen right um that's what we have to lean to, and it's got to become plain to us. And we rely on the, on the Spirit of God to to teach us and make it plain. Uh, and then one thirteen to one fifteen. Uh, this is I can uh, labeled this whole section unconditional love. And again, that's from my bother, my father's Book of Mormon. He's still teaching me. Unconditional love, one thirteen to one fifteen, and he has uh, unconditional love for all men, and he denieth none that come unto him, black, white, bond, and free, male and female. He remembereth the heathen, and all are alike unto God, both Jew and Gentile. And then the next section of this is he's explaining Isaiah 29. Um, There's a lot to highlight. I would just say go back and forth and read this, and and he kind of explains it. Isaiah 29 goes right along with the story of Joseph Smith. There's a verse, though, at the end of one thirty, and this has been a hot topic recently for the book shall be sealed by the power of God, and the revelation which was sealed shall be kept in the book until the own due time of the Lord, that they may come forth for behold, they reveal all things from the foundation of the world unto the end thereof. so this there's a sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, and in it is is contained a revelation uh, Let's see and from the beginning foundation of the world unto the end thereof they reveal all things so the idea is if somebody's going to have the sealed portion of the book and it says they've got it then they must have all things from the foundation of the world to the end thereof revealed unto them and i think if that is true it would be that person would become quite obvious to everybody in the church of Christ that this is true. It would not, it would be plain unto us. That's what the scriptures say. Everyone would know. Uh, and he would make it known unto the church and thus far it hasn't happened. Uh, and so if someone comes along saying they have the sealed portion of the book of Mormon, I, I don't believe it. The next verse I have is a, uh, was it verse 133? So the book is, the book of Mormon is delivered and there's going to be three witnesses to it. And I want to read a section from a book of Mormon Companion about these three witnesses. And there's one, just one little section. It's on page 97 of the book of Mormon Companion. And it says, as a practicing attorney, Oliver Cowdery was challenged in a courtroom by an opposing attorney. He was belittled for his belief in angelic messengers. Cowdery asked the court's permission to have his testimony become part of the court records. His testimony, in part, is narrated uh, by West, the the guy who wrote this book, uh, who's referenced as follows. This is Oliver Cowdery speaking. I saw the angel and heard the voice from heaven. How can I deny it? It happened in the daytime when the sun was shining brightly in the firmament, not at night when I was asleep. The glorious messenger from heaven dressed in a white robe, standing above the ground in a glory I have never seen anything to compare with. The sun insignificant in comparison. He told us uh, if we denied that testimony, there is no forgiveness in this life or in the world to come. How can I deny it? I dare not. I will not. That is official court records from an attorney. You know, you probably won't find that anymore in this day and time that people want to go on record and say, and they believe in angels, but certainly the point is that Oliver Cowdery certainly did not deny his witness. And I just, I like the fact that he put it, he made it a part of court record and swore to it that this is the truth, that that he did see an angel. Let's see. We're going to go. So 134 all the way to 145 is underlined. That's again, this, this whole story of the Isaiah 29. And I like, uh, let's see. I'm uh, touch on this sealed portion again, verse 143. Touch not the things which are sealed. He, he never saw that, so he he wasn't wasn't allowed to have that, or or open it or translate it. He was he wasn't allowed to touch it. And he says, "There's the explanation. For I will bring them forth in mine own due time. For I will show unto the children of men that I am able to do mine own work." So the the that verse there says to me, he doesn't need a man. He doesn't need Joseph Smith to touch it. I don't need a man to bring this sealed portion forth. I will do it. My, I will bring it forth in mine own due time. I will show unto the children of men that I am able to do mine own work. And it's, it's as if there, there will be no man to reveal these things. These things, if I was to project or my opinion, that they will be revealed when Christ comes. And he's going to do it himself. That is that is a version of how it may happen, and I'm convinced that 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 very well may be how it happens. The sealed portion isn't going to. I mean, think about it. All things revealed from the big foundation of the world to the end thereof. That's a pretty you know that that's sort of a, a <laughs> that's an event, right? That is something big that's going to happen. And there's if that if all things are revealed, that is like the re- return of Christ type of thing we're discussing here. This isn't some some uh retranslation of of anyways uh so and then it continues in 144 wherefore when thou hast read the words which i have commanded thee and obtained the witnesses which i have promised unto thee then shalt thou seal up the book again and hide it up unto me so he said when you had the, re- the uh, read the words which i have commanded thee so that's the book of mormon which he was commanded to do so when you've read the words which i commanded you and obtain the witnesses which I have promised, then seal up the book and hide it up unto me, that I may preserve the words which thou hast not read until I shall see fit and mine own due wisdom to reveal all things unto the children of men. And then in 145:45, for behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that i am the same yesterday today and forever and i will and and i work not among the children of men save it be according to their faith so there's a lot of i statements there and i kind of just keep going with that theme and say there's a good chance that this sealed portion is going to come out when when jesus does it himself i'm going to skip down to verse 154 but behold saith the lord of hosts i will show unto the children of men that is not yet a very little while and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. The book of Mormon came out in 1829 and the former and latter rains returned to Lebanon in 1853. So that is the fulfillment, you know, for, and I think it's been somewhat like something like 2000 years. There was only one rainy season in Lebanon. And then the book of Mormon comes out and 25, 24 years later, the seasonal rains return to lebanon that's all i have for second book of nephi chapter 11 thank you for bearing with me sorry it took so long but there's a lot of good stuff in there wasn't there uh and my favorite part though is that nephi says you know isaiah's confusing and don't don't be defeated if you can't understand isaiah but here's one part I will explain for you. And he explains Isaiah 29. And he also says further that the other parts of Isaiah, God will reveal it to his people, to his, you know, to his church. And we will know at the time when we need to know those things in Isaiah. So thanks. And when I
1: listen, I can softly hear you say, come unto me. ahí